my man. I learned a thing or two on a film set. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Whose Filmography Is It Anyway? You know, I probably should have uh, watched the Drew Carey intro before doing this, but uh, here we are. My name is Steven Molina, and I'm here with the illustrious Josh Page. Hey, welcome back, folks. Or I should say welcome for the first time. What's... <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the first time. The first welcome time. for the first time. Um, thank you, Stephen. So, it's an honor. Uh, so, uh, how you doing, Josh? How's uh, do- your corona time? Uh, well, not as many coronas as I would have liked to have. You know, I've uh, been drinking a lot of Miller Lights. It's really, it's like drink- drinking half water. It's like drinking beer and water. So it's really not the same, but. Yeah. You know, I feel like a lot of people have made this joke already, but poor Corona, you know, just, um, yeah, they, it's, uh, they really got the grunt of this whole situation. They got the right shit end of the stick. I mean, uh, Corona beer sales have actually, uh, dropped significantly since this whole thing has started. Have That's actually, actually yeah. That so funny. it's unfortunate cause it's, um, there's that many people who are affiliating coronavirus with Corona beer and Corona beer already gets played dirty so i feel like it just to play him dirty like that is just it's no it does good get played dirty you know i heard people talking about how they didn't like it the other day and i was like are you crazy you had a little lime in that hey, get a little lime. i actually heard someone say to me the other day at work they said you know um i heard that uh if you have lyme disease that you're uh <laughs> more likely to uh fight off the corona i was like oh really why is that like oh you know the corona and the lime and i was like Still, this joke doesn't really work for me, but I get, I like the effort, you know, it's, I think you can brush it up a little bit. (laughs) We're, uh, we're here to try and, uh, change the world. (laughs) And I figured we would start by explaining how we're going to do that. We're going to roll, we're going to get there in a minute. We're going to, we're going to get there, but basically we're here to, um, uh, try and explore the, um, the cinematic universe of cinema. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, very profound, very profound. And I think that it's important to let fellow cinephiles know that this is, you know, even though we're, uh, this is just another gathering of, um, you know, a- a- above average cinephiles <laughs> who are way too far up their uh, average asses to, to let them know that we're here for the people and we're here to connect during these crazy times and. Um, That's exactly right. You know what we are? We're exactly what the internet needed. You know, two white guys with beards telling the world exactly what they need to watch. It's exactly I, what the world needs right now. I think that's what they need at this time. I agree. Um, you know, uh, speaking of beer, it's like, I, I feel like we're like the craft beer of, uh, of cinema podcasts right now. And I think that, that, that if we play our cards right, this could really blossom into a beautiful thing. Um, I, uh, I'm doing the Corona beard. I'm going to see where, uh, I land by the end of this quarantine. Corona beard's good. It's a little, mine, yours a little shorter than mine, but you still, that's a good, it's a good beard. Um, let the record show Steven's, he's got a pretty good beard right now. Mine's, you know, it's, it's a little full, but it's, um, I don't know. I feel like mine's a little homely still, but. You've had a beard much longer than I have. uh, I I can't even imagine you without a beard. I don't think I've known you without a beard. I don't want to imagine what I would even look like without a beard. It might be really out there. But um, born with a beard, everyone, you're hurting you. Born with born with a beard, um, hoping to die with a beard. Um, but um, I figured we get into a little. Um, we'll roll into like uh, the reason why we're here. Because as much as this is about cinephiles uh, and moviegoers and whatever they call themselves alike, connecting, it's more. Uh, um, just kind of a, an experiment, you know, it's kind of, we're going to see where all this goes, but basically, um, uh, I figure we'll give a little backstory to who we are. Um, so Steven and I met at Technicolor, um, and in 2017, and, uh, it was, uh, really a place where we could unite and just have dreams of, being future filmmakers and those dreams would just be very slowly crushed into thousands of pieces. <laughs> <laughs> let me tell let me take it back one step here. Yes. Uh, 
you do you remember the very first time I met you? Yes. So it, I it was uh I'll let you take day. it. Yeah. It was the day um I was on one of my interviews for the job. Uh and I get a tour from uh, the HR guy and we go to Josh's work environment and he, him and uh, this other girl we were working with Cassidy we're just like chilling and talking and I'm like and I get introduced to them through the HR guy and I'm like yo did you see the Star Wars trailer that just dropped today and yep. that was it <laughs> that was it that was the moment I had said um, listen we can't hire anyone unless they're Star Wars fans yeah and then he was like, hey, well, did you see the Star Wars trailer drop? I was like, oh, yeah, and this was for The Last Jedi, which I guess we should just go on record right now. We're saying we're, we're both fans of. Pro, so pro if, Last Jedi. So if people, uh, you know, be willing, there would be listeners. If they, wouldn't they have, lost all of them. <laughs> if they wouldn't have turned off by now, then now I think we would have lost. Whatever we would have had, whatever population we would have had five minutes ago. I think we've lost, lost at least half of them now. We've lost. We've lost all, two, all two listeners. You know, or hopefully, but <laughs> yeah. Um, and that was um, that's a, a, a it was the beginning of a beautiful relationship. You know, so, but it's um, but that that was the introduction, and kind of um, s- since then, I think that we've kind of established an entire relationship based on uh, on cinema. Um, I, it's, you know, I, I talk to you more than I, you know, sometimes talk to my own girlfriend. So it's <laughs> because see, when I try and riff about a new Paul Thomas Anderson movie, she kind of just rolls her eyes and says, okay, did you like it or not? And, uh, you know, it's going in depth, I think is, um, yeah, not everyone can handle the level of pontificating we do. It's really, um, it's, it's really kind of, um, it's very special in a, um, in a completely heterosexual way, you know, not that, not that there's anything wrong with, you know, as Seinfeld would say, it's not, there's anything wrong with it, you know, the other way, but it's, it's, um, it's really, it's, it's nice to know that you can really base an entire relationship off of, uh, you know, off of, uh, whatever cinematic, uh, world is out there, the cinematic universe of cinema. <laughs> and so, uh, after, uh, we had first brought up, two years ago two 2018 yeah, yeah probably 2018 that after all of our lengthy film discussions because it would kind of just be uh see i would work the, the day shift and steven would work the evening shift so when steven come in it would be these uh conversations oh did you see this movie did you and it would kind of buzz about the whatever was hot topic was going on there so um after all this talk we're finally like hey let's let's record something let's make something of it so just yeah, fuck it you know just throw some at the wall see what sticks and um and you know it never happened and i uh i left that job and um you know here we are and now it's as we, we were saying earlier it's now taken a pandemic for us to pick up where we left off or just to pick oh. up it in general <laughs> took a pandemic to make uh to make things happen, you know, <laughs> crazy pandemic to make a mandemic. Yeah, that's uh, I don't even know what you want to call it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what landed us here, and so um, it's cool because we're gonna just see what this thing becomes. But basically, before we really put anyone to sleep, um, the objective of this is to not really, I think, is to not really just say. For us, to, not, not for us to say, is this movie good or bad? But um, what is the inner workings of this movie? What is the inner working work inner workings? Oh, excuse me, of said film, and uh, how does it make us feel? And the idea is to not be so vague, because the deeper you dive into cinema, the easier it is to be vague, because there's so much to take in. So the idea of going off of whose line or whose filmography is anyway, is to take the idea, I think, is of the filmography in general, be it a, di- a director or a franchise, a genre, et cetera, and then to kind of just go as uh, deep as we can in exploring those different areas, yeah, would well, you say? That's uh, exactly right. Uh, just to clarify, what we're going to be doing is uh, 
we're going to take a specific filmmaker or a specific cinematic universe or even company and go down their filmography and discuss movie by movie what's going on, <laughs> you know? Yes. What is the history behind each movie? What went into making each movie? What the movie means to us? More or less, scene for scene, which, what holds resonance with us, you know? Let's actually go into uh, who we plan on talking about first. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna talk about him now because we're gonna do a whole episode on him later. But just for this current, to make this easier to understand, the first director we landed on was Christopher Nolan. Going for you Nolan fanboys. <laughs> yeah. Also, feasibly, if Tenant comes out when it's supposed to, it's not. It's not. It's not. It will, it's not it coming out this year. It's not coming out this year. Coming out at all. Warner Brothers spent two hundred million dollars on a movie that's not down coming in. Down the drain. Uh, so we're gonna be talking about Christopher Nolan. Ever heard of him? Um, I've I've not heard of Christopher Nolan. Steve, can you give me a pitch on Christopher Nolan or a pitch? Like a pitch, like something that's not too long, but long enough that like I know. Okay, you know. okay, you want a pitch. This is an on-the-spot pitch, by the way. Do you want an enigmatic, pragmatic, wannabe genius? He's got Christopher mm. Nolan right there. Wannabe genius. I can could, I could, I could see that. Okay. Nothing against Chris. I do. But uh, the goal is for Christopher Nolan, we're going to go down his films one by one and discuss each of them. We're going to figure out the best way to break up his filmography. Um, but the idea is that's where we'll start. Um, you know, uh, like you said, it's, it's uh, whatever, be it different uh, director genres, etc. It's the idea of exploring. Um, I think what it is is that people are drawn, especially people like us, we're drawn to titles. We're drawn to something that can, uh, you can put, a tan put into a tangible category. You know, like the idea of, um, like what is the draw of a 24 films since that it's an a 24 film, you know, and then you break down these um, elements that go into it. Well, um, there are certain directors um, and certain actors or writers, or whatever, but at the end of the day, they still have that logo. That's something you can identify it by. And I think the idea of this is to give the people something they can identify. They can go, Oh, well, I'm a fan of this universe, this genre or this director. And the idea is it's, it gives them that leeway to explore people like themselves to hear just another point of view. Um, and it's, it's or maybe the same point of view. We don't know. Yeah. Who knows? Um, who knows? I, I, you know, if, if hopefully going for more of a, um, you know, Siskel and Ebert rather than Ebert and Roper where, uh, you know, there's oh, still a right. the little bit of the clash rather than just the constant, like, Oh, this is good. It's like, Oh yes, I agree. I agree. Or this was dog shit. And it's like, Oh yes, I agree. I, I agree. You know, you know, Obviously, paraphrasing, they never spoke like that. But <laughs> no, that uh, that about ropers it up. <laughs> we yeah. do know who the um, who the um, uh, the black sheep was of the, of that that duo. But it's we're gonna we're gonna strive for greatness Before here. We're gonna, there isn't both of them are powerhouses. Neither one of they, them is the black sheep. Not no no Eber and Roper. Gotcha. No, I was insinuating that Roper is the. Anyway, but no, that is one hundred percent true. Uh, it's, all, it's all good. Nothing against that guy. Like, <laughs> I'm sure Rupert's a very nice man. I'm sure, he's a nice, nice man. Actually, he—I know he's a very nice man because I don't think I've ever seen a negative film movie from him. <laughs> and that's—I think what we want to avoid is the constant. Um, uh, we're not just agree always agreeing and always saying, "Hey, this film is great," but more so just um, having the diversity a little bit. So we're gonna find a way that works organically, you know? So, and, but the whole, all of this is really just an experiment uh, until we get into a good groove. I'm excited because I have no idea what that groove looks like, which actually brings me to the next point is what do we think? What do you think we're going to get out of this? It's a point I wanted to make. What is, uh, what are the objectives and goal? I mean, we, we know what we're doing. What is your personal objective and goal? Like, what are you, what are you going to get out of this? What is Stephen going to get out of what this? What is Stephen getting out of this? Uh, Truthfully, 
and have fun conversation every week, you know? <laughs> That's, That's good. Really, you know, there aren't, uh, you know, I'll be honest, I work in the film industry, but you'd be amazed how many people in the industry do, do not watch or like movies. It's astounding. Uh, I, um, and, I, you know, every week it would be nice to talk to someone who I know I can at least have an enlightened conversation with about movies. I can no longer promote this podcast among the office, <laughs> but you know, it's true. I need, I need someone to talk to about movies in a very different way than I talk to most people about them. And, and let's be even more honest in this Corona time. I just need someone to talk to in general. I live need- alone. I'm all alone. You need someone to uh, emotionally, metaphorically, and cinematically hold you and caress you in the most heterosexual way possible. Not that there's anything wrong with the, you know, the, you're not part of it. <laughs> uh, but I think you bring up a, a point I would like to get into, like when we actually begin. Because mind you, this is ridiculous, but this is actually all just introduction. So we we're both love to talk. We just got to find a way to do it in a way that works in a trimmed sense. Uh, that is until we're ready to engage in good, long conversation. But I think it is fascinating that there are so many people in the film industry um, who don't, like you said, who don't um, dabble in this world the way that like we do in a way that like so many people do where it's like, how can you be a part of this industry and not... You know, at first I'm like, you know, how can you not feel that way? And then at the same time, like, you know, some people love the craft for the craft and then that's it, you know? And I, whereas for us, it's like, there's like a, I don't know, man, it's like a sickness. It's like a, you know, it's a, it's an addiction. It's something else. What it is. Um, Well, you know what it is? I'll I'll clarify my statement a little bit. We, I, I work in post-production. So I, you know, sometimes it's a little bit of, you see how the sausage is made. Post-producer. New York, New York. <laughs> New York, New York. Um, uh, um, but uh, what was I saying? You were in post-production. Uh, no, but yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> uh, I work in post-production, so sometimes it's a little bit of you see how the sausage is made. So like when you break it down in that regard, it's, you know, sometimes the magic is gone. And if you're a colorist staring at a movie screen for 12 hours a day, there's only so much your retinas can take. Absolutely. I, I agree with you in terms of the, the objectives and the goals. I think this is good. Have some, a fun, engaging conversation. Uh, it's a good outlet, if you will. I think you've said it perfectly, you know, just how finding that connection with people who are interested in this. Um, and it's good, you know, I think, uh, you know, if I get, uh, get some kind of spiritual understanding. It's to the... <laughs> Reasoning of the world amidst these, these dark and desperate times. I think that that is <laughs> something I can hold on to. I mean, we talked about uh, AMC potentially shutting down, and it's... They're not going to necessarily shut down, but bankruptcy um, is looking pretty at, probable. As Michael Scott once said, I declare bankruptcy. <laughs> and that's pretty that's, much what AMC is doing. that's pretty much what AMC is going to do. They're going to stand in the middle of their IMAX theater and shout it. That's where you... Uh, Insert the audio of Michael Scott yelling, I declare bankruptcy. <laughs> That'd be good. That'd be good. The world is our oyster. If they declare bankruptcy, it doesn't necessarily mean that they'll vanish. It just means that they are in a very bad situation. Play, theaters across the country are going to have to shut. I don't know if the AMC A-list sub can sustain itself, which would break my heart. because It's a I'd horrifying think, thought. I don't even have... I'm not even a Stubbs member and it still breaks my arm. That's one of those things. Like I've said, I've been meaning to do it and I haven't done it because that's the basis for me as an entire human being is wanting to do things. And now, uh, now you're having the Oscar Schindler moment, you know, I could have gotten more. I (laughs) could have sold this watch, this watch (laughs) and he got an AMC pass. It could have helped them. There was, there was time left. (laughs) (laughs) There was Um, still time. There was still time. (laughs) um uh, so i i think this is going to be a i think this is going to be an effective uh experiment for if no one for then for just the two of us and i think that that's good because this is what 
you know, uh, you know, because film makes us feel alive in a world where it is so easy to just feel dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, know, it's being well, dramatic. I'm just... could bring no, but I guess that could bring us oh, to uh, the main topic of conversation of today, which uh, I assume we could talk about it now. Um, what have you been watching? Yeah, during this whole oh. COVID situation. Well, what's, uh, what's been your go-to kind of stuff right now? I have been Robin and I have been binge watching Community for the last three weeks. <laughs> oh my god! You finally watched Community. So I've so, so excited. Let the record show. Like I, I had seen Community, but never all the way through. And I knew. And see, this is tough because this is going to be the podcast talk. I don't want to do I want to do it. Maybe we could do episodes about TV. We can open up this world. We can open up Pandora's box. I'm not, but, I'm not discounting TV at but, all. But in, I will say in a shortened, as shortened as I can, because I'm very, I'm in it right now. We're about to, we're like four episodes for finishing the whole show. Oh, is it's, is it's, it's such a journey in the sense like Arrested Development where they grab you so early on. And it's so good. And it's like, guys, I remember the first three seasons. I, there's a lot I didn't, hadn't remembered, but the first three seasons are like, they're, it's like next level good with the writing. Just it's, Well, in that regard, it's very much like Arrested Development because like right. Arrested Development, it just kept getting second and third lives. Yeah. And each, and each life got worse. Spelling kept falling off. But let's focus on the good aspects. Absolutely. Because the first, because the first three, like it was like, I was having these emotional beats watching the show where I was like, wow, I'm really connected to the writing and the characters on the show in ways that I have not felt since my, my, uh, investment in Arrested Development. It's just kind of like, it's, it's next level comedy writing. So it's, well, they're like Arrested Development too. It's just all over the top characters who are just so much fun. It is. It's, they're all like idiots who are also brilliant at the same time. And they all have their own quirks and they, and we, like I said, we should do a whole episode on it, but basically it's, um, I'm so invested in their world that even when the seasons progressively got worse, I didn't, I almost didn't care because it's like, I'm still holding on to this, this magic that like once was. So, um, I think uh, I got it back season five for a couple of episodes. Like uh, when, when the Meow Meow Beans episode was hilarious. (laughs) Yeah. That episode had me rolling. Meow Meow Beans. uh, Why am I blanking on his name? When Mike from Jonathan Banks, Jonathan Banks, when he's like in the number one room, and he's just like laying down on his side, and he's like, "All I know is it's my birthday." <laughs> it's it's incredible. So it's incredible. Um, I didn't know he had the comic. Uh, he's really his deadpan delivery is really good, and like absolutely. it's weird. It didn't make me as much as I missed Chevy Chase, and then there's the whole backstory with him. It's like he was a good stand-in because he's not the he's not the same as the Pierce character. He's a very He's similar and like he's a he's a crusty old man, but he's also like he's he's different in his own way, and I like that they utilize that. But yeah, um, I heard the racism isn't very far off either. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's been um, a journey. So we've been watching that. Um, other than that, I've been trying to catch up on newer films from this year, which all came to a, a dead stop. Um, I actually have my from this year. Yeah, from twenty twenty. Oh man, did you watch uh, Birds of Prey? I did, and I liked it. Really? Did we not talk about? It? We did not. Wow. All right. Well, we can say that for another time. Yeah, I didn't. I went. Well, I think I, I went in ex- with with next to zero expectations because you don't get much lower than Suicide Squad for <laughs> me. You know, it's that's about as bottom as the barrel as it gets for com- You know, DC comic book movies in general. It's just I, I don't know. You can't. I just yeah. I can't, we can't. We don't have to talk about it. You know. So mm-hmm. I actually saw it and I actually really liked it because I just looked at it as almost like a reboot almost like it's kind of like a sequel but it's just it did its own thing it embraced the it's characters a, it's a reboot quill it yeah it's like reference to what had happened in the past but it was really just it did its own thing and they had a lot of fun with it and i had fun watching it and i just didn't expect to feel that way you know okay um no that's good i didn't yeah i didn't know I much about it i'll be honest i wouldn't put uh, anyone on it i i wouldn't blame anyone for never watching it ever because like at this point 
what incentive is there for a lot of people? A lot of people just feel burned by DC. And again, we'll save this for other episodes, but <laughs> I <laughs> wouldn't blame. Whatever good credibility we got left. Is whatever we have left. Out of here. I, think, I think I can see the viewers dropping like flies right now. But <laughs> no, I, I actually really like some of the DC movies. I'll be honest. I do really so enjoy do I. Man of Steel. And uh, I'm talking DCEU movies. I really do enjoy Wonder Woman. And um, uh, I'll say it here. I, I I'm, a Batman like Batman Batman Superman. Superman. I'm a Batman versus Superman. All right, so now we've definitely lost all the people we have listening. There it is. It's gone. <laughs> I Listen, will say I'm not that... Saying, I'm not saying that Batman v Superman is the greatest superhero movie of all time. I'm not. I'm a fan. But it's not as bad a, as people say it is. Especially that director's cut. If you've got three hours to burn, I mean, like, they know how to do action sequences. Well, I mean, that, that warehouse be, fight. That should be said right now. I am only talking director's cuts because your other cut is not good at all. The original I, cut. It is the first time that a director's cut has really made a huge difference for me. Uh, it makes character motivations clear in a ways that were not in the original. It's, it's weird. Recently, a couple months ago, it came on I don't know, TNT or whatever, or FX, whoever owns it. And so not only was it the original cut, but it had commercials so i don't know uh, if you know any movie on cable tv is already edited so yeah. the so I, I, absolutely do you, uh, you want to hear the craziest edit that i've ever heard before it's one of my on. favorite movies the big lebowski oh uh, do you know the line that they substitute uh when walter is shouting this is what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass um if, correct me if i'm wrong Stephen. it's is it um do you see what happens when you find a stranger in the alps that is a hundred percent. Okay, Isn't so the most ridiculous edit that you've ever heard. Maybe a the stranger most in the app bananas. To find a stranger in the ever app? made. What? To finding <laughs> what? Why even keep the line at that point? Why keep the line at that point? I think it's almost like an editor's take on the movie. They watched the movie completely through and thought, "What is the strangest line that we could put in here to find to match the rest of this humor?" Yeah, it's really, I, I don't know who came up with it. I would like to meet that person and to just wonder where that rabbit hole goes. Yeah, um, but, uh, keep going on with what you've been watching. No, I mean, it's just really just, I've been, as far as movies go, I've been trying to watch what came out because I try and keep up with the um, the, the race of like uh, watch, uh, watch as many movies as I can in a new year to try and make an impossible ranking. Um, <laughs> and it's really, we've been playing that game, playing the game for a couple of years now. That year. <laughs> but, uh, what's it called? I don't think either one of our lists will be uh, quite as nope. high this year. Um, just going back, I'm going to go reverse order from my re- most recent to least recent is I watched uh, Guns Akimbo with uh, Dana Radcliffe. Thought okay. that would be a lot more fun and entertaining. Um, <laughs> that's high praise it, right there it's really it I just, entertaining. I, for a, a movie about Daniel Radcliffe waking up with guns bolted to his hands I thought for sure it'd be like a really fun movie and like the last half hour is pretty fun but um, a lot of the beats of the script and a lot of the characters just felt like rehashes of things I've seen a hundred times but that's also mm-hmm. the problem with a lot of movies the more you watch them the more you're like oh this feels like whatever I've seen um and and going back again in reverse order, I watched the uh, Invisible Man uh, remake, oh. which I actually wasn't a fan of. But really, I would like us to I debate really that. Liked it. I would like us to debate it. I know a lot of people loved it, and I don't. I I don't know. I just I had problems with it. But <laughs> are you watching it from a horror lens or from a thriller lens? Because I feel like that movie is more of a thriller than it is a horror. I think that's the thing. Is I'm such a big horror fan that I wanted to enjoy it as a horror movie. And it really did not like, it felt like it had, I don't know. It felt cheap, even though you knew there was a big budget, but it just, it wasn't a big budget though. They shot that for cheap. I think it's, it was a five to $7 million budget. That's Oh, Oh, I didn't know that. Cause some of it feels like the scenes with the rain and the suit in the rain. Oh, I don't know if that's a fucking spoiler or whatever, that is a spoiler. but that's, <laughs> we can exploit, we could put a sensor, but uh, whatever. Um, Spoiler. 
like the last, like that whole scene in the parking lot, like was breathtaking. Like where, oh no, no, no. Hold on. Let me go back one step further. The scene in the hallway with the one take. We're going to go into spoilers. (laughs) Jesus Christ. So, all right. So let's do an episode where we can debate this movie. Okay. Well, we'll but that hallway, that hallway scene, you know, the one I'm talking about. I absolutely know which one you're talking about. Oh, it left me like, it, like if the whole movie matched that kind of energy, I mean, you'd basically be watching Uncut Gems at that point. What's <laughs> uh, a paranoid reach, thriller? But to reach that level, I feel like you had to build the tension throughout the rest of the movie, which is what we sure, sure, absolutely. You kind of need to build because you need to build the characters, you need to build the setup. It felt very soap operatic. A lot of characters felt very serious. It felt very humorless. Um, and like we could go into those details, but like I was just like, come on, like. This is, feels like days of our lives. I'll concede to that. It did take itself very seriously. But, but like, Elizabeth Moss always takes herself way too seriously. She was super serious. <laughs> She's always super serial. She's super serious. But she was, I mean, she kills us. She's a great actress. I can't deny that. You know what I mean? It's, well, I'm not denying that at all. But she really gave it her all. She gave like an 11 out of 10. But like the, the, just I thought she was going to break down crying every scene. It was just... I didn't hate it. I just like really thought it was, I think I, I personally hyped it up because I always hype up horror movies and that's a problem because most horror movies are dog shit. You know, there's are good ones, but they're just, most of them are just lately are just not very good. We no, are living lately, in a new Renaissance though. I was about to say lately, a lot of them have been really good. Horror is back. You know, we yes. could go into a whole conversation about this at a different time, but I have like a theory about horror movies and like, horror comedy dichotomy and good times and bad times and politics don't don't misunderstand what i just said it's it's i think that if you were to take most every mainstream horror movie to come out and you put them in a list i'd say like out of the year you get maybe two or three horror movies that range from decent to like incredible and there were, and because there's a lot of this like you know what i think i think we're weeding out the the pg-13 we're weeding out a lot of these possession movies been there done that and so i think when you get your stuff like midsummer and the babadook and the it follows and whatever you insert the black i mean there's the, even the lighthouse and the witch robert eggers whoever like anything like that i think stands out so much more significantly because there is so much of you know the bye-bye man and uh <laughs> i'm sorry the stupid titles just stand out more but i feel like that's mostly because they're more mainstream you know Commercialism can reach people like the Bye Bye Man is backed by, I think, Warner Brothers, you know? Right. So they can reach a wider audience, you know? And let's be real some of the horror movies that we love are very divisive because the average audience member is going to watch it and be like, was Midsummer really? Like, what did I just watch, you know? I mean, I I can learn a lot from a person's movie taste when I recommend Midsommar and if they did or did not like it. And I get that most, I get that a lot of people, a lot of people will not only not like that movie, but will be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? Right like, there. that is just That's a whole... Movie. I mean, yeah, we could talk for hours about it. You know what I mean? But and maybe yeah. we will. Um, I'm backtracking here because I'm I'm really gonna get deep. In, I'm gonna like fall into this rabbit hole. I can feel it. But backtracking, I watched the uh, the new Emma, which I actually surprisingly really liked. Oh, I, I did uh, not expect to like it, but I actually I liked it. You know what? If you're cool with like old school period piece movies where everyone's speaking all elegant and they wear frumpy dresses and they're all um, all fancy and they're all privileged and you know a lot of just white people dancing around and elegantly like uh it's not much different i didn't see it though i felt like it was just too posh and i was like and it you know what if you based on the original novel i mean it's just that's kind of i mean jane austen's novel it's it captures that same sense of like oh it's posh fancy white people it looked like if Paddington and Little Women had like a love child movie, like that's what it would be. And that's not great. A, Both those movies are great. I'm not taking yeah, yeah. anything away, but I just was not in that movie. I don't. You're talking Little Women 2019. Yeah, 2019. Um, Greta, Gerwig. not Greta Gerwig's Little Women, not uh, not 1994's Little Women from uh, 
I don't uh, think I've ever Jillian seen Armstrong. Be <laughs> but no, you make you make a valid point. It's um, it ha- you you watch a trailer, you know the story. You don't even have to watch a trailer. You're like, all right, I, I get, I, I get it. You know, uh, we we've done this. We've done this song yeah. and dance. But I was surprisingly, I was pleasantly surprised. Okay, um, that's good. I'm just gonna backtrack to newer because I only have a couple left. I do um, like Anna, Anna Taylor. Anya Taylor Joy. Yeah. She is a very talented actress. I she would like star in the making here. I actually feel like we haven't seen her full potential yet. Oh, you just wait for New Mutants. It's gonna be like wow. You're gonna watch Let the record like, show. I want the record show as we're recording this whenever we put this up. It is Wednesday, April 15th, and New Mutants still is not out. And that movie, that first trailer, I think, came out in 2017? Was the trailer? Maybe. Maybe. Um, But I think we're going to see... She hasn't even begun to peak. (laughs) 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 I'm going to sound like a creep. I was referencing Dennis Reynolds, and it's always sunny for anyone out there who's... I don't think I there's anyone left, but I haven't even begun to peak. Um, <clears throat> I am a golden no. god. Go on. Go on. <laughs> Start a car. So finish your car. Start a car. This is a finisher car. Be gone see, from my sight. Be gone, vile man. <laughs> as, you can, as you can tell, we're big fans of It's Always Sunny, so <clears throat> that helps. Um, uh, so then there's Come to Daddy, which I watched, or I told you about. Oh, God damn it. It's just, it's the one with Elijah Wood, and I told you just to watch it and go in blind. Oh, right, right, right. Elijah Wood. Gotcha. Uh, I, I basically, I'm calling it tra- Trailer Park Parasite in the sense that it's like a bit of a redneck kind of movie, and it's, you know, it's not, it's a little trashier. It's a little, it lives in a trashy kind of realm, but it there are so many different there's so many different twists in that movie that you just won't see coming that for that element alone, that element of surprise, it makes it unlike anything I've seen this year. So just watch, watch that. Make sure you watch it. Cause I told you like a month ago and like you're being a bad friend right now. So anyway, so it, it um, took me like four years to get you rewatch community. Like, it, you know, well, like it, it took me how many years me to, to finish third rock from the sun. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, a, a, ser- a series of let it let the record show we're big third rock from the sun fans now like i think we just got all of our fans i think we them. i think we got them all back i think they're back steven um yeah, and finally has that pull you know he's uh give that man an oscar i think he may no he has he an emmy for the the or third rock from the sun <sighs> no wait a minute he played oh god damn it who did gary Oldman play in Darkest Hour. It was, it, um, was Winston Churchill. Churchill? He, he, I think he also won for Winston Churchill the same year he did. that well, Gary Oldman won the Oscar for it. I think that's right, yeah. I'd have to do I'm some not, research. Yeah, I'm not too well-versed on the Emmys. But um, that sounds right, yeah. Either way, he's, 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 fucking, he's a 10 out of 10. He's incredible. Um, but the first movie I watched this year not counting a hidden life because that's my 2019 and i'm i mean i wasn't a big fan but i'm not going to go into it i, just, I don't want to keep losing can people, you explain but. to me <laughs> no <laughs> no but was it uh how is it? was it like a palpable terrence malick movie you know like all of his movies of late have been like like i saw a song of song like a song oh song i didn't see that. i actually was. wanted to see that because i really like the cast it was, he always gets an amazing cast, but literally not a single character was in focus that entire movie. It was all just like B shots mesh, meshed together. This is very similar. This is, very so similar. I, I dubbed this The Tree of Hitler Life. Oh, uh, a film, a, a film that's like The Tree of Life with Hitler, except Hitler's not in it at all. So <laughs> what I mean by that is it's a gorgeously shot movie with a very holistic spiritual complexity to its nature of exploring humans being humans. It's beautiful in that sense. And it's visually stunning and, but it's almost three hours of just children running around in fields and uh, a woman, you know, um, scything uh, grass and then a man in prison who is getting yelled at. And it's just kind of like, like, you know, it's just one of those things. It's like, uh, uh, it's like leave it's no trace. It's like I res- for me. 
the big deterrent for me on Ant Hayden Lies was the runtime. The runtime on that thing was like what three hours, I think. It's almost there. You didn't want. Um... And last year we were like hit with so many movies that were so long, and I was like, I cannot do it for this movie. You know, between right. Endgame and It Chapter Two <laughs> and Rise of Skywalker, and all these movies that were two we saw hours. Some, we plus. saw some great nuggets last year. <laughs> Oh, God. I don't think I care. We saw some it's cinematic. Um, the first movie of 2020, and now it's technically 2019, in fact, so has come to daddy. I'm talking about U.S. releases, was um, Color Out of Space, Nick Cage, that yeah. H.P. Lovecraft written movie, which I was really, I don't know if we talked about it. We, we did. Yeah. Like, it just feels like the John Carpenter's the thing and it feels like it's inspired by Lovecraft, but it's very low budget. It's very, um, like with a different, uh, yeah, but the thing is so well directed and the, and the prosthetics are so good. And this is like when the CGI, the purple CGI is vomited on the screen and it happens often. It's like, it's just so noticeable. This is the kind of movie if it was made in the eighties, or made with a director who really wanted to sit down with the budget and like just do it right. I just think it would have, you wouldn't have really have to change the story. It's just when you watch it, you, you'll understand. It feels like something belongs on the sci-fi network. Um, okay. It's yeah, got yeah. a That's following. Not, uh, like if you can suspend your, me. no, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, and I'm not discrediting like it's originality. I mean, it's a unique movie, but like it's, it just, it feels cheap in a way that doesn't work. I mean, you got Nick, Cage is putting on a Nick Cage performance, which you know I'm not undermining the guy. I'm a big, I'm you know me. I'm a, I'm a late Nick Cage. You find fan. yourself in the cage all the all the time. The cage was not rattled enough this time. Mm-hmm. He he was not let out of his cage nearly enough. The know. rage of Cage was not enough for me this time. His art house movies are. Nah. I know I'm gonna. <sighs> get hate for uh oh, I know what you're not, gonna say. for not liking Mandy, but uh, I did not I care for Mandy. I know you're gonna say it. You that know, I was I was way I was, too much I was, was way too much tuna fish. To that quote like hold on for for copyright infringement, just to quote um um George Saint Geekly that Gil Faison. Um Gil Faison and <laughs> George Saint Geeklin. George um, Saint Geeklin. For Charmed Steven, it was, was Charmed Charm Sure. It's um it's <laughs> Uh, was too much tuna. It's 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 too much tuna. So when it's too much tuna for those out there, it's it's just it's a lot. It's a lot to take in. Um, but like we'll, Mandy, we'll, we'll bring it back. When you think of Mandy, you viewers tell me you're not thinking of way too much tuna fish. That movie is just a whole big fan right of there. Mandy. You know what though? I've seen people as much as a call following that movie has developed. Uh, it has grown on me. There are plenty of people on the internet who I've seen who are like, nah, fuck this movie a little bit. So I, I get it. And we'll go there. Anyway, um, but that's going chronologically back to the beginning of the year from where I started. I started from the recent, went back. So um, tell me okay. about your your journey. My journey this year? So far. Um, well, it doesn't have to be new movies, just things you've been watching that you want to express your feelings about. Well, the over this quarantine period, uh, I've been watching The Simpsons because oh oh it's oh. literally endless. I know? want to say, and I'm not gonna because I I already did my piece, but like, I've also been watching Simpsons because I've never watched it as an adult, like from the beginning. Oh, that's great! Are um, you loving it? Yeah, I'm on season six, and it's literally the best thing I could ever want during this these dark and right? desperate times. I think I was on season four before the quarantine went into effect. Yeah, and. We've been in this quarantine maybe a month now-ish. And I am only up to season 21. I'm still 10 seasons away from finishing this show. Okay. It is endless. So are you re-watching it now and you're on four? I'm on season oh, you start. Oh, no, you started four, you're saying. That's what I'm four. saying. At the <laughs> beginning of this quarantine, which was a month ago, with all the time in a month when I have been sitting in my apartment doing pretty much nothing. I have still 10 seasons left to go on this show. God bless you. Now, as, as someone who, and I'll, I'll let you continue, but as someone who has not gotten nearly that far, would you say there is a clear dropping off point anywhere between seasons 10, 12, whatever people say, and where would you say that that dropping off point is? You know what it is? 
I or do you, or is there very, not? No, I'm going to say I don't watch The Simpsons through that kind of lens. Mm-hmm. You know, The Simpsons to me is just kind of like I can throw it on the TV and it's whatever it is. You know, sure. I'm not look like I know it's The Simpsons. I'm not looking for something that's, you know, mind boggling like Mandy or anything crazy. You know, I know what I'm in for when I watch The Simpsons. That being said, there is a very clear dropping off around season like four. But it's just one drop off. And that, you think that, that early point, on? Yeah. Or, yeah, give or take. Because when I'm watching it, it's, I'm, it's still really good. I don't know. I feel like there's a clear dropping off point. I can't even remember now. But at that point, it just kind of sustains where it is. It kind of flatlines. It's, and, you know, you don't, you, sometimes you do get good episodes. Still, you know, after 30 years, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you do it? How do they do it? I know, right? And I just watched (laughs) a video of, like, how The Simpsons predicted so many things in the future. Yeah, I've seen those rabbit holes, It blew my mind, too. It's crazy. But we don't have to go into that. That No, no, no. We'll we'll save that. We'll save it. I'm I'm getting episodes, uh, you know, we're getting all kinds of episodes here. This is good. So, uh, what's it called? I guess... Other than that, I've also been watching a movie a night, or okay. I've been attempting to watch a movie a night, but I find myself, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm like confined to my apartment all day, and I live in Manhattan, so, you know, I have like a tiny bit of space to walk about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I find myself confined. So I'm, with my movies, I've been going big, like, I've been going like as big as I can possibly get. I started with okay. like Lawrence of Arabia, and I've done uh what's it called i've rewatched the lord of the rings trilogy the indiana extended? jones movies yeah the, of course the extended <laughs> well, crazy uh, um, i mean i i still think the uh, i'll, say, well, we I'll say this here here's a spoiler alert i'll just for a movie that's how old now what lord of the rings no, no no you've yeah. had your chance <laughs> <laughs> you've had your chance. well gave a disclaimer if you haven't seen lord of the rings and you want to you don't want to be spoiled now's your time there is only one scene in the extended edition that I find is absurd that it is not in the original cut, and that is the death of Saruman. I do not understand how you do not put the death of the big baddie of the first two movies in the yeah. third movie. It's funny you, get you say no that. no finality of that character without the extended edition. It's funny you say that because I was in a YouTube rabbit hole a few weeks ago and somehow Lord of the Rings extended scenes YouTube came recommended and that scene I clicked and watched and I was like, you know what? Even though it's so underplayed, like it's, I mean, it's just not a big moment. It's a very like quiet, short, like he's yelling at them from fault. the, it, yeah, it's very quick. It's very like, I don't know. It's, it's, I, I can understand from a, a take that it's not a big cinematic moment, but it is a pivotal moment in the, in their journey, because that's like you said, it's it's a big villain from the first two movies. That it's weird that he kind of just disappears in the original yeah. cut. In the original cut, all you hear is Treebeard going, "Yeah, he's in the tower," <laughs> and Gandalf is like, "Yeah, he has no more power. Like, let's just leave him." Like, it's, what? It's pretty strange. I like, will say it's pretty strange. You're just leaving a wizard in Middle Earth. You know, Noodles. there's only like five of them. <laughs> I don't even. Maybe they left. I don't remember if Radagast lived or died after the Hobbit movies because nope. I didn't like those movies. I yeah. I I, I don't know. Some say he's still living in the forest, but I don't. I can't. I can neither confirm nor deny if this. I is really true. hope he at least cleaved the burn shit out of his. <laughs> A lot of burn shit in that in that character. It's yeah. But then I rewatched the Indiana Jones movies recently. Okay. I. I did not watch the fourth one. I just couldn't. I, I That's really why I need, couldn't bring myself to do it. As you'd say, you, um, as you often say, you didn't have the strength. I didn't have the strength. <laughs> Instead, I watched Endgame again. <laughs> That's fine. What else? Yeah. And then I did watch Onward, the new Pixar movie on, uh, what's it called? On Disney Plus. It was actually That's cute. pretty good. Yeah. It was, I mean. You wear your footy pajamas and your butt flap. recently as well. No, because you have your little teddy bear and your little. Uh, I'm just being, I'm just being disrespectful. <laughs> so disrespectful. So disrespectful. <laughs> so so disrespectful. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, I recently re- rewatched Inside, Inside Out. Out as well, and that movie is 
amazing. I think Inside so Out. I cannot the last... compare. I cannot compare Onward to Inside Out. Well, I'm just saying, you know, if we're talking tiers of Pixar movies, you know, Inside Out is clearly like top tier. Onward is like still really good, but it's like second tier. Yeah. I think Inside Out's the last new animated movie I've seen where I like I had to hold back tears. I had to hold back my crying. I was when I watched it the other night. I could not hold that shit back. I it when that spoiler alert when Bing Bong died. Oof. Too much. Too much. It's too much to tune in an emotional way. It's too. It's not in a bad way. It's just. It's a lot. It's a lot to take in. Yeah. For a I movie about emotions the, to make you feel emotional, like, man, that's. that's how could they have it. thought of that? I mean, I don't know who thought of that. That person might be a genius. Have you seen the trailer for Soul? I did not, and I don't. To quote Captain America at the end of Endgame, I, I don't think I will. <laughs> <laughs> oh. No. So disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Why? Is it, is it's going to be... I think it's, it's going to be on par with Inside Out. It looks that good. We will get there when we get there. I'm not going to write it off. We'll get into my cynical disconnect from these kind of... The, the, the from films your childhood here. From my, <laughs> my whole childhood has been cut off. But please go on. Uh, I also watched I, I am the Time Adolescence. On uh, Hulu, the new Pete Davidson movie. I heard of that, but I don't know anything about it. It was it, Judd Apatow uh, has his thumbprint on it. You can clearly tell. He wrote it. He produced it. He he produced it. It's okay. very much kind. Of, it's kind of like Judd Apatow and Girls. You know, like he put his thumbprint on it and got it made. But it's also, like, if you were to watch it, you can go, okay, this belongs in the Apatow family. Sure. I'm not going to say it's as good as some of his movies by any stretch of the imagination, and a lot of it was, like, completely cringeworthy. Mm. But intentionally, you're watching it, and you're just like, what is this guy doing, you idiot, you big, dumb idiot? Like, the you know, like, this is, uh, like, this is 40, you know? It's just... Yeah, kind of. The whole time, it's kind of just, you know, what but, are we doing uh, here? I did enjoy the ending of the movie. Okay. It it's on Hulu? It's on Hulu. Okay, it's on Hulu. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. I forgot to promote any of the, where the stuff I watched is. Um, but anyway. <laughs> I watched the uh, first cow. It's not my Oh, you told me about that. Is that A24? That was A20. It is A24. <sighs> And I usually love A24 movies. This one just, I don't know, it didn't hit me. It was not for me. Too much tuna. A lot of tuna. So you say and it's a thumb down. Yeah. It's a thumb up or a thumb down, that's a down. <laughs> yeah, it's a no for me, dog. It's, it's going to be a no for me, dog. All right, I'll let you know. Uh, I'm looking forward to watching it. That's uh, Greed. Um, uh, Steve, uh, what's it called? Stephen Coogan movie. Where oh, he's like a Donald Trump character. I forgot that that asshole. was a movie. Was that good? Yeah, it was pretty good. It wasn't like I like Steve Coogan a lot. You know, it's not going to be in like my top ten of the year by any means. And it got the song "Money, Money," uh, the Abba song "Money, Money," stuck in my head for weeks. But <laughs> uh, you know, it was pretty good. It wasn't terrible. Okay, Downhill was in the same vein as all that. Oh, downhill! I I did not hear many positive things about that movie, but I don't think it was as bad as people said it was. But it definitely isn't good, you know. It's, it's fine. I'll uh, I'll and take then, it. Uh, it's the lodge. Oh, you told me, with the exception of what is it, the dad character that it's actually? Yeah, the movie was creepy throughout. Throughout, you're just like went like it. It just like builds tension. The only thing okay. you have to look past is like, this father is a fucking moron. Like, <laughs> big dumb idiot. Like, are you kidding me right now? Yeah. You're just gonna leave your kids with this girl? Like, I, come I, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't spoil too much. I just want to really want to watch. Oh boy. Uh, I saw the assistant. Oh, you told me it's a uh, lots of ten minute scenes of her copying uh, at a copy machine, right? That movie strains me, man. I like. <laughs> 
by the end of it, I was like, I don't like, oh God, I don't know. I couldn't watch her copy any more pieces of paper. I, I know it was supposed to be like a Harvey Weinstein type thing and his oppression is felt in the movie. I get it. And it is felt throughout the entire movie. His like, you know, you feel his presence. It's really gross. But at the same time, I was just like, you totally know. get it. You already know what they're doing. Yeah. I'm just like, you're just, I don't know. You didn't need to copy so many <laughs> scripts or whatever she was doing. You, no you couldn't make so many cups of coffee. <laughs> uh, and I saw Troop Zero, the Amazon movie with Viola Davis and Alice and Janney. Okay. It a, yeah, it was fun. It was like a fun hour and a half movie, you know. If you want something to just like throw on in the background, and hour like, and a half movie. Yeah, you're just uh, like, okay, this is cool, fine. Uh-huh. Just kids at camp trying to win a contest. Yeah, not a camp. Uh, oh. It's like a Girl Scout thing. What was this called? Uh, Troop Zero. Oh, okay. I'm just making. And uh, uh, the last thing I watched was the first thing I watched this year was What Did Jack Do? Which is oh, that David Lynch movie? I forgot about film. that. That's um, yes, I was a big fan of that. I don't, oh, I don't have that considered a film. I mean, I guess technically it's a film. It's only yeah, it's seventeen minutes. Film. I don't have it on any of my lists. It's it is a short film. It is absolutely a short film. Josh thinks I'm like Rain Man with this shit. Um, because on my list, I break it down. You know, I have to mark it with like I have a little. It's like a map. And mark it with like little asterisks, and you know, there's one for IMAX. D, he marks it with a map. He's got an asterisk. I got an asterisk. He's got a Dolby. All oh, right, that's... no, I lied. I lied. The last thing I watched this year, and uh, I mean, I watched it relatively recently, was um, oh no, why am I blanking? The Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Oh, well, that was, I mean, yes, 2020 U.S. release. I saw that. That counted towards my 2019 release because... I don't know if I'm counting it or not. I didn't write it in my list because I don't know what it counts. Well, for. see, I, I give, see, the my OCD is that if I, I have the year, we'll wrap up soon. The, my, the year, well, we should anyway. We're going after over an hour now, but... <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. The... It, my rule is if I don't see it within the year, if whatever the 20, whatever the U S releases, that's my deadline. Yeah. But here's my counter argument. It, it has nothing to do with logic. It's just pure. Like my feeling every year when I see like a British, a British list release, you know, in like 2014, 12 years of slave was on their list. And I'm like, no, that one best what? picture for 2013. Yeah. Who put that know? on a 2014 list? Uh, Britain, because they didn't get the release until the following year they didn't see 12 years of slave until 2014 so so it counted toward their list in 2014 that's why you we're not saying? that's why we're not british no but to my to your point not that there's anything know, wrong with that no i don't <laughs> i love british people i've spent a lot of time in britain but you know What's it called? When I see lists like that, I'm like, no, that's that fake news. That movie came out last year, <laughs> you know? Absolutely. But I don't want to put a Portrait of a Lady on Fire on a list of this year because people are going to be like, no, that, that's fake news. That, that it's, belongs on I understand. I get that because basically you're just doing it in favor of what your country is abiding by. Like, oh, it's on a U.S. list. See, I'm the opposite. Like, I'm going to add uh, whatever come to daddy and color out of space on my 2020 list because, like, for me, it that's when I was year. in the U.S. If you look at them, they both technically are 2019 films. Really? Yeah. So now that... Oh, shit. Yeah, exactly. And then it becomes this whole unnecessary mind mindset of just like, oh, well, where do I put it? Do I put it on this list? Do I put it on that list? And there are endless debates about this on the internet. And Reddit, Letterboxd, and all that. And the only reason that this is a problem, I, got, I have to like take it back a step for you. The only reason I say this is might be a problem is because the movie was that good. You know, it might actually end up on my top ten list of the year because it was that good. You know, so the you can make was, exceptions when you when you're so moved by a film that year. I'm, well, that's the internal debate I've been having. You know, should I count it toward this year or not? Because I don't think these are legitimate rules, son. I think you're just making up as you go along. <laughs> like we said, the points don't matter. <laughs> I'll let you. I'll let you sleep on it. But basically, 
that's our whole thing is, uh, you know, the, the films matter, but the points don't. I don't know. We'll come up with a slogan when we do this, when we get this thing off the ground. Um, slogan. Whose filmography is it anyway? Before we go, um, what is a movie that you would recommend for people? Well, yeah, we could do this. Yeah. What's one movie you'd recommend for people uh, to watch during quarantine season? It doesn't have to be quarantine related. It's just anything. Well, it was definitely not going to be quarantine related because I could, I'm already, like I said earlier, I'm already like in a confined area. I'm not going to like <laughs> say you should watch Panic Room right now, you know? Mm-hmm. That's just, you don't need to be confined anymore. I'm going to say, you know what? Everyone should watch The Godfather because I feel like not enough people our age have watched The Godfather. And it's time for them to do that. And it's also just a great movie. And it's so inviting. It makes you feel like you are part of this fucked up family. But at least you will feel their embrace. You know? And right now, that's all we're looking for. Someone to embrace us in this crazy time. I like that. That's a really good... um, The Evil Dead. Wow. The original Evil Dead. (laughs) Well, I I don't know if you can see I'm wearing my... uh, Army of Darkness t-shirt here. So I'm really, as if I'm I not enough of a fucking it. nerd. This is uh, just full-blown. I, I think that the Evil Dead is uh, embraces the feeling of being trapped in a confined space when all literal hell breaks loose. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm a, I'm a masochist in these times, and I like the idea of, you know, torture that feels a little close to home. I was thinking contagion, because I've been still dying to watch it, because I am a you know, I'm a weirdo in these times. That's crazy. I do not understand why anyone, anyone wants to watch a movie about an outbreak right now. That is why, crazy to me. Why does anyone want to watch any movie that crosses lines? Why does anyone want to watch uh, a Serbian film? Which I don't know if I told you, I watched it last year. Did I tell you for my first time? Serbian film? You know, see, that was going to be my answer because then I really want to see how many people I can lose. Um, a Serbian film is one of the most. Uh, how do I put it? <laughs> wait, wait, you don't know it? No. All right, as soon as we're done here, I want you to like. It's gonna take too much time for you to really uh, to look it up, but it's just look it up and just see what people say about it because it's um it's the most it's one of the most controversial films of the century. I have a friend, actually, it's um Anthony Lagrega's friend. Her, we are our mutual friend from. Uh, Best Buy. Yep. And he, um, he and I bond over, um, you know, certain kinds of cinema that a lot of people don't like. And he's been telling me for years to watch this movie. So, um, a Serbian film basically is about a a porn star in Serbia who is retired, but then this group of like thugs kind of rope him back in for like one last job. And, uh, that one last job. They pay him like a lot of money to whatever. There's all this backstory. You know, he's got a wife and, and a kid, but um, they rope him back in. And the way the actors play it is so super serious, but it almost plays off a little like Tommy Wiseau in the room, like where it's like, it's almost, it's like you don't know how to take it where you're like, wow, they're really into this, but it's almost kind of funny. And then like when the explicit scenes do happen, you're like almost in a state of shock. And I was kind of just in a state of like un unbelievable discomfort but um <laughs> the things that happen here i can't speak about over uh audio but okay if you, i don't also don't spoil it I, I, i'm not going to recommend this movie to okay. the audio to two two groups i'm gonna recommend it to you i'm glad you cleared that up as well <laughs> I, no 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 because my we're going back to i recommend the evil dead i stand by that i <laughs> think it's good heartwarming um good gory uh time you know about people trapped in a place together i think it's this is the time this is the time to embrace it embrace the fear you know what i mean why that's what it was why why is anyone watching films that cross the line you know i don't know what it is about me that loves them but i'm going with evil dead man it's crazy i think that's a good way to start um quarantine you know one movie recommendation for quarantine maybe we could do that keep that going and then we'll dive into like uh our own personal tastes as we go along but i think this this gives people enough of an idea of who we are right now Absolutely. All right. So uh, I guess uh, it's time to sign off.
Uh, is there anywhere on social media that uh, the people can find you? No. I mean, I'm on Facebook and Instagram and all that stuff, but I, uh, um, I, all the names are different. Um, why? What do you, what do you, or what are you promoting? What do you have? What are you holding I'm out on? I'm promoting up, you know? Because I'm going to say, you know, you can find me at Mr. Filmart on Instagram. You know, that's you true. can, that's where I'll be. If you want to talk to me about the, this show or you want to look at my art, go ahead. I don't know. Steven is a just renowned, so. Steven's a renowned artist. He's incredible. Renowned. I don't know about that. He's little, incredible. After the quarantine, I'm definitely around. He um, had over 10,000 followers. Let the group, let the audio show. <laughs> well, there's no record for it, but uh, and he was going show. for that. He was going for that blue check mark. The the official person. I still have not gotten that blue check mark. <laughs> He's not gotten it, but he maybe is, after this I will. <laughs> um, I'm also going to promote Mr. Film Art, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> As a place that you can find Stephen. Either um, way, this has been the first episode of Whose Filmography Is It Anyway? I don't even know whose filmography it is anymore. Hopefully not the last. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we'll see you next time. That was it, closing. All right, we will see you next time. This is a good sign-off line.